Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How you doing? I'm uh, I'm I'm hitting holes in one. I'm like I'm sinking putts. I'm like I'm chipping out of sand traps. There aren't a lot of sand traps, but like I'm chipping. Nice. I'm chipping out of sand traps. It's good, man. Sounds dreamy. It is dreamy. It's like it's like the a whole land. thing is like my dream course. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like it's like there was a land of dreams that you just coursed through. You know. <laughs> See, this is like I don't know if every language does this, but like the noun verb thing that you can do with certain words. It's like mm-hmm. I, I understand why some people come to learn English as their second language, and they're like, "What is this mess? This isn't a language. This is just noises that you make by slapping your lips together." <laughs> Well, and by by large extension, that is that is why I I've always struggled with trying to learn another language because I'm like, look at all these fun, clever things I can do with this language I natively speak, and all I can go up to and do another language is like like donde esta la biblioteca? Like that's pretty much like I will be incredible, incredibly well read should I ever go to Spain and <laughs> be very hungry. So and really need a bathroom. <laughs> desperately so but we played kirby's dream course we did so uh two two specific things i need to make sure they're in my notes and everything uh so this was a 94 game and Mm -hmm. it was important to me to mention that because uh we we played earthworm gym recently very recently depending on when you're listening to this episode and uh (laughs) we we talked a lot about how 90s that game was and i like that this game came out in 94 because it's like this is what some other people got out of the nineties. They were like, what if, what if adorable golf and like, Mm -hmm. is there a clearer like exhibit a of what the Japanese did with the nineties versus what the Americans did with the (laughs) nineties, like adorable golf with like little cute pink puffball character. And then earthworm Joe loud and abrasive, (laughs) right? Like just so, so good. Um, The other thing is uh, (laughs) this, was a poll game so this game was actually selected by audience members like you um it so we uh we wanted to play a weird sports game we had a poll uh this game won handily like yes like i think it had like four times as many votes as the other games it was like it really blew it away oh yeah no it it completely blew it out of the water to the point where i was just kind of like did did the other two games were they not good? Like were they hateful? Because or 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 either that or I mean to be fair, I think we did another poll where I think uh I I, I think that the hateful one was chosen intentionally. So uh but anyways, I was just kinda like it, yeah. it was too it was so statistically aberrant it made me cast doubt on the on the like the quiz itself to be like what what would cause this stark of a difference? Yes. And, and I mean, I'm all of the games that were on there, like anyone who is smart and in a position like ours, you don't put anything on there. You don't want to play. Right. So I would have happily played any of them. And I did actually have the one I was like hoping for and that one didn't win and that's fine. But when this one won, I was like, baseball one, right? Yes. Base wars, which we may (laughs) actually play at some point anyway, because it's delightful. But like when Kirby's dream course won, I was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with this. Yep. But uh, so what, what was your nostalgia experience for this? 
So this was definitely a rental from Blockbuster. Like this is one of those games where I could almost picture the spot on the rack where this mm. this box was. And uh, I've, I've never really thought too deeply about this because it's not good to be introspective. If you spend time thinking about oh, yourself God, no. and your yeah and, and your wants and needs, like you're you're gonna have an unhappy life. So absolutely uh, <laughs> no. I mean, like, if if that that that's the only reason for to do that is if your phone is critically poorly charged, at which point you should then go plug it in and and, and get right back on your phone because uh, looking looking at uh, inside is is awful. It's just yeah, terrible. Nothing in there worth listening to or thinking about. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never really thought hard about. I've never really thought hard about the fact that I have a thing for like weird golf video games, and and I I specifically the word weird there is not like a a throwaway modifier. Like I have played. Uh, I I came this close to saying Tony Hawk's Pro Golf. I've come th- <laughs> this close to well, playing. You said weird, right? You know, yes. like, I would that play would the be an awesome crap I, out of that game. Oh my god, I would play that game so much. Hey, Nintendo or 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 Sony, if you're listening to this, build that game, build it, and they will come. Seriously. So uh, the Tiger Woods uh, golf games. Um, mm-hmm. I know those were very popular, like on the Wii, because you could do the little full motion swing and everything. And I'm just I'm just not here for realistic golf. I should be clear that I'm not a sport baller, period. I particularly think golf is really dumb. Like not I'm not like crapping on anyone who enjoys golf. I just I derive no enjoyment from watching golf. Weird golf video games, that I am one thousand percent on board with. And I think it actually goes back to this game. Because I can't think of playing a golf game before this. And this is a game that, like, if I went into Blockbuster and this, because they only had one copy of this, because it's kind of weird, right? So, like, if I went into Blockbuster and this game was available, there was probably a better than 50-50 chance that this is what I was going home with. Like, I just loved the crap out of this game. And it set a precedent for the rest of my gaming life where I hear about like hot shots golf was like Sony's weird golf franchise for a while. And they kind of abandoned it and then they kind of renewed it. But like, there's like all kinds of weird golf, like mobile games where it's like golf in space and like weird physics engine golf. And like, Oh man, I'm just totally on board with all of that golf nonsense. Real golf can die in a fire, but like golf nonsense, 100% here for it. Right. And I think that, um, and and we'll obviously get more more in depth into it. But like they, because what they did was they said like, well, what if we, what if we took the the core aesthetics of golf, right, and we we kind of like jazz, jazzed it up, right? But they kept the the spirit of golf intact. Whereas like you know other games that we've played where they've done something similar, for example, Battle Chess, right, where they were like, well, what if what if we gamified chess, but they lost. The, the the core of the game in the process you know like it's, it's it's interesting kind of juxtaposing those two things because like aesthetic like like from from a a visual standpoint right like battle chess is absolutely chess gamified and comes crashing down in the execution whereas kirby visually is nothing like golf but it it, it has a lot of the feel to golf like just some of the mechanics involved are very golf-like so it's, uh, well, and, it's, it's, and it's interesting. We should be fair before someone is already probably headed out of their house right now to give us feedback. This Excellent. is specifically pantomiming uh, miniature golf, right? It's not, yes. it is not set up to be, in fact, I think it even literally says it in the game description. It's not set up to be like 
a zany version of real golf. It is a Kirby version of miniature golf. So trick right. shots, p- the power ups, the the weird courses where you have to like bank off walls and stuff. Like whereas like Hot Shots Golf is all about a, being a zany version of regular golf. So. I'm not going to call it miniature golf this entire episode, but I am aware that it is miniature golf, not golf. So there, yes, I, so, I did so we my asterisks. Get, so we don't get um actual lead. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So what what was your nostalgic experience for this? Oh, this was actually a new one for me. I I, I did not play this one when I was when I was a youngin. Yes, and um, it's okay that we're violating one of our sort of rules we mostly follow because the people picked this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, one, one of the ones that we put on the list I had played, but this one was one that, that I had not. And it, I was like, well, you know, it, it looks good, and it is a, a Nintendo game. So typically those are at least tolerable, you know, as opposed to... <laughs> yeah, no. they, they usually don't whiff that hard when they whiff. It's They're usually still like, well, it's okay. Usually, but maybe this one did. Who <laughs> knows? Stay to the end. Uh, hey, I, I like that. That was that was a commitment. I, I love it. Do that every time. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, so uh, top of the hour visuals. Here's the first question that I have to ask with visuals. What did you pick as your custom logo for for Kirby's Dream Course? All right, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, Th- this is gonna be a really sad story. Oh no! Yeah. Is, it, is it like the dog that you had that died? With- <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Fry's dog. <laughs> no, it okay. So, so I was like, I'm sitting down to play, and like, I'm kind of distracted because I'm talking to Susan, and like, it, it's not like chit chat. Like, I'm talking to her about something, so I can like we can make the decision we needed to make, so I can then like sit down and play this game. So I'm. I really should just put the controller down, but what I did instead was started to draw something and then like hit next and ended up with just like two lines. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, now I got to back out and redo it. Or I <laughs> don't have to do that because I'm an adult and can choose to live with this crappy, crappy, sad, crappy logo. And I will have you know that every single time I sat down to play that game, it made me sad all over again. (laughs) And I totally regretted not redoing it, but I didn't want to start from the beginning. So I was like, well, I made my bed and now I have to lie in it. And I'm sure that like every time you booted it up, it made you a little bit sadder, but you had gotten a little bit further. So like the, the, the barrier to entry, like you, you, your sadness was not constant. Your sadness was growing at a constant rate. As, as it was growing proportionally to how far through the thing was. So, so it was always just enough where you're like, I mean, obviously I can't change it. Yes. No, yes. It, it was just sunk cost fallacies left and right. Like, so it was, it was the Camp Flabanaba of, of portraits. Well, yeah, but that I was like, I was happy with that. Like the, the, my, my Sim City, you know, City Flabanaba or Flabanab was like, I was proud of that. But, well, but what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's a portrait that somebody gave up making halfway through. Uh, it's more like the artist was murdered in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> like, like there you go. I, I wanted to do something grand and they just failed spectacularly. <laughs> um. I I I uh, actually you know because I care about you know this podcast and you know like like being a you know professional. Yeah, no, no, um, no one has any doubt about who like shows up and does the work. 
Oh, absolutely. Says, says, the, says the person who like mixes it. <laughs> does all the legwork. I just show up and look pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah, you do just show up. I do. <laughs> look, look, man, it, it's it's a big problem in my life. Is when the package is this pretty, nobody cares what's inside. You know, it's mm. it's it's it's, mm. it's rough. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. I went ahead and uh, and I, I actually took more time than I probably should have, and I made a Superman s. I had I had a feeling because your your our listeners can't see you know you're wearing the shirt. I was like, yep. I know where this is going, but I, you know, I respect that because drawing with the D pad on a super Nintendo is not a super great experience. So did it come out? Okay. It actually didn't come out too bad. Um, I could probably could have done a better job, but you know, and and actually done like some more carving out of it. But instead I just did the diamond and then like a big old S in the center. Oh, that's fair. But I do know, did it hit home because Megan, who did not see that portion of it, came over when I was playing and when it showed my scorecard, which also shows your name, she was like, are you playing with a Superman S? I was like, yeah, they let you do it yourself. <laughs> so so I at least know that unprompted a third party could have recognized the sigil. Yeah, no, that that's legit. And, and depending on which comics you're reading, he does just kind of carve it into his chest sometimes. And it's not very fancy when he does that. No, yeah. If you, <laughs> comics are weird. Comics are weird. <laughs> so let's talk about this pink cloud that plays miniature golf with himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the the thing about the visuals is because uh, we actually did play Kirby's Dream Land, the original, the Game Boy one, and uh, this is a Super Nintendo game. So you're going from like four bits to sixteen bits which if you don't know anything about computers is 12 more bits, right? It's a huge hmm. number of bits. Can you, can you, can you suss that math for me? I, well, I mean, I'll, after we're done recording, I'll like, Oh yeah. Put, put the math in the show notes. Yeah. I'll, I'll get out my abacus and take a picture of it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, in, just an insurmountable jump, right? Like you, if you were designing something for the game boy, and then someone was like, oh, but what if you had all of these colors, all of this pixel real estate, you could do all of these crazy things with audio, you can do all these crazy things with the mechanics. Like, it, it's just, it, you, would, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself, right? So, like, some people love the restrictions because it, it forces them to be creative and to think of creative solutions. But Kirby is pink and beautiful and adorable and i love him and he is so much more satisfying in color because he's not high resolution right i mean the the kirby on the game boy and the kirby on super nintendo it's probably only two or three additional pixels there like it's not it's not a lot but they can do clever little things with the angles that they couldn't really do on the game boy they could make him in color right you could see his bright red shoes and his little pink chubby face and like it's just wonderful and the entire game does what every good game of this era should do and they said what if we made pixel art that will last through the ages because this game looks exactly as enjoyable today as it did you know in 1994 it's it's really really excellent like all of the design choices of kirby are basically timeless Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and that's something that, that Nintendo has done very, very well, which is to just basically say, like, hey, listen, we are going to make these these characters very visually appealing, very lovable. And and I mean, like you said, like uh, and we've said here before is that, I mean, basically Mario for just for the example, because Mario's a little bit more ubiquitous than Kirby. But like, you know, when when 
Mario is rendered, generally they will use the Super Mario World sprites. You know, like if you need to, if you need a Mario, that's the Mario you pick. Yep. And I mean, like you could very easily do the same thing with Kirby. Is you know, it's just you don't need super awesome high res. It's like, man, you want you want Kirby, just 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 do this. Yeah. Um. So I don't know when a good time to bring this up is, but you, when you <laughs> said uh, Kirby who plays golf with himself, because we really have a section for insane fan theories, but. <laughs> But I have one. Go, go. So this is your head cannon. This is my head cannon. Okay, right. Let's, let's hear it. So, and and I I didn't like get it far enough through the game to like really substantiate. I sh- certainly didn't beat it. Um, but uh, I'm thinking that okay. So at the end of Kirby's Dream Land, right? This is the alternate future where DDD wins, and he's playing mini golf with Kirby. Uh, um, I mean, so there is literally one boss in this game, and it is, of course, a giant robot of King DDD who throws little King DDD robots at you. It's really weird. It's really weird that they make you fight a boss. And it's <laughs> the visuals. I mean, to try and keep this in the land of visuals, like the visuals for the boss fight are unique because you don't fight any other enemies in the entire game. Like there are objectives you hit that take the form of enemies but you don't fight them you literally just collide with them because it's golf and having ddd as the big robot boss monster at the end is uh is confusing so i would say (laughs) you could you could expand it a little and say that uh king ddd has trapped kirby in this uh let's say golf phantom zone Mm-hmm. And and then the reason he has to fight him as a robot is the end is because Kirby is about to escape, and so he comes down in his King DDD yes. robot. Is it? I'm I'm really struggling to keep your nonsense going here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that uh, you could definitely go that route with um, with you know, like the the big King DDD robot is trying to keep him from egressing. Or you could you could say that that's just like King DDD's ultimate insult is that he's fighting a big robot king ddd you know but like king ddd is a to me the king ddd is the person who's playing the golf right right so you know that he's just you know whacking him against like this like oh big robot mechanical man version of me haha <laughs> but yeah no i i just in my mind because that's why like he loses health whenever he takes a hit mm. because that's just ddd kicking the crap out of him so yeah, it is the and we'll we'll talk about the like stroke system in mechanics, but it's it's visually kind of confusing because you the 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 little tomato things are like how you get your life back in the normal like Kirby platformer games and in this those are like your strokes. So mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about it as taking damage, but yeah, you do kind of like Every time you take a swing, it's as though you take damage and you only get four strokes. And when that little life bar is depleted to zero, you do definitely die because it does the like little spinny Kirby with the stars going everywhere. So, yeah, maybe there is some giant cosmic DDD just like literally wailing on you with a golf club. But then why is he trying to help you escape? It's all very taxing. Well, because I think that that well, so what, what what's the two things? One to substantiate the, the the beating the hell out of him thing is that uh after each one too like he'll go like <sighs> like he does like that kind of like heavy breathing you yes. know so I mean that that definitely indicates like like being 
in pain to some degree. But so so why why would you know King DDD be whacking around helping him escape, right? Well, because what's the last thing out of Pandora's box, right? <laughs> what's <laughs> what's the 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 ultimate way to destroy Kirby is to is is not to 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 put him in some dismal abyss from which there is no escape. No, it's to give him hope. Yeah, no, King DDD definitely seems like he's up for that <laughs> level of <laughs> criminal mastermind. <laughs> this is a guy who chases a pink cloud around with a mallet. <laughs> yep. Hey, man, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making people believe they didn't exist. This is the greatest trick DDD ever pulled was making you think that he's dumb. You know, it's, it's all yeah. it's all just a big it's all just a big facade, you know? <laughs> All right. So you mentioned the the deep breathing thing. So I noticed that and I was like, wait a minute. He's breathing exactly the number of times of strokes that I've just wasted. This okay, is Okay, I did not beautiful mind that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but here's the thing. I was super, super wicked proud of myself for discovering that. And then I continued to play, and then he didn't continue to do it consistently. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, so does he only do it consistently at like the three and four stroke mark to like remind you like you are about to die, but it's not consistent at like the one and two stroke mark. I, cause now I'm like, I, when I noticed it wasn't consistent, I was like, Oh crap, I'm not going to test every permutation of this to try and divine exactly what it, and I probably could have looked it up on like game facts or something, but that would be research. So I was just like, I was really proud of myself for realizing this little clever detail. And then when it didn't pan out, I was like, so am I misunderstanding it? Or does this not mean anything? Like, is just, just a meaningless like gesture that they included just to show Kirby is alive. I, I don't, I was like really disappointed because it seems like a very smart visual marker of how many strokes you've spent right? Like Kirby is getting progressively closer to death as you keep wasting strokes with your terrible strategies. And then when it, it didn't continue to sync up indefinitely, because I mean, all you need is one miss, right? Where it's like, oh, I have three strokes left, but he just did the little heavy breathing three times. And he should have only done that when I had one stroke left because you have four total. Like I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, because what, what now I, I believe for that is that you you had just like this bizarrely unlikely chain of coincidences where those two things like added up properly like they're both random like it's <laughs> it's completely random you know but just like from when you pick up picked up on it for like the next like five strokes it just happened to align properly <laughs> and then <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like yes yes and then like you got like a bunch of evidence that like refuted your initial but you're like no no, there has to be a correlation here. I, I, I witnessed it at one point, you know, and like, so, so now, you know, you're just, it's just going to keep you awake at night because of just the hilarious degree of entropy that like exists in our universe. It just yeah. happened to, you were just there for a sudden drop in entropy for whatever reason. And then like when the universe <laughs> realigned itself, you were like, but no. Yeah, and this is exactly how professionals still do bad science. Just like, no, no, I saw a pattern and I'm going to prove it. And it's like, no, that's not how science works. It's you, you should be doing the opposite. Now that this has been disproven, you're like, you're done. Yes, exactly. It, it is literally the exception that proves the rule, yes. right? So uh, we do have to mention uh, the level design is there's basically one level design and they palette swap the tiles. 
Now, I wanted to, because I, I have something else to say about level design, but I wanted to specifically ask you about this because this is one of the only, if not the only, uh, occurrence of palette swapping I can think of that is like correct. Like they were right to not make the grid more complicated or like to give it a different pattern or like sometimes there's no grid. Like it's miniature golf. I really need to kind of know where I'm going to hit the ball and have a rough idea of where I'm going to bounce and how it's going to play. Otherwise, it's no fun. So the fact that Mm -hmm. all of the levels have a grid or all of the courses, all the courses have a grid and it's the same color for each hole within the course. So it's like this one is all green and then this one's all brown. This one's all blue. And then that's it. Like that's the only part of the course that changes. I was like, no, this is the right time to palette swap. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I, I don't know. Like I felt like the, I, I don't know a way to do it because I, I agree you, you need the grid um, and, and, and changing out the colors is, you know, a, a fine way to go about that. I just felt that the the tone was kind of the same throughout, you know, like I kind of expected, and I mean, you are in dreamland, you know, the whole time, but um, even with uh, Kirby's Kirby's dreamland, you know, like the, the, the visuals get a little bit like kind of darker and more intense, you know, like, cause as you go on, like eventually it's like a, against like a black starry night, you know, I just didn't really, I don't know. Well, like I, didn't, so, I didn't get that. So this is part of the problem is that the the background is actually changing for each course. So like the mm-hmm. whatever's way off in the distance does change each, not each hole, but each course has like a different themed background. But as you go through the game, the individual holes get larger and more complicated. So there are times where you can't see the background at all and all you can see is the grid and the grid is just like two colors because it's a checkerboard right so Mm -hmm. i feel like and and the backgrounds are beautiful like they're very clever and they they're very they're varied right each they're very varied each uh each course has its own like unique background and its own unique kind of vibe to the color scheme but basically after the first course the individual holes are so large that you can't really ever see the background. So it's like, it's there. They, they recognize that your complaint is a valid one and that each level needs to feel like a different level. And then they're like, but we're going to hold our hand over your eyes and you don't get to see it. Yeah, no, they, they definitely did that. The only, the only like kind of suggestions that I could have with that is a, um the the side because it's it's kind of like a 3d kind of cut out you know like somebody cut uh, into a golf I, course and I, like isometric is the name of that camera yes. angle excellent so the these uh, along the sides where you don't interact with it at all right to paint those not like different colors but like to put some kind of theming on it totally yes you know? that actually seems like a really low-hanging fruit <laughs> Yeah, where they could have just been like, oh, okay, you know, like whatever the background theming is, like we'll put that same theming around the side so that way it kind of feels like a thing. And and even maybe, you know, like put some, you know, like the the little fence, you know, green fence oh, yeah, thing, yeah. basically. Yeah. You know, like they could have maybe animated that a little bit to, you know, make it, it, it would have interfered slightly, but I think if done correctly, they could have made it, you know, theme a little bit more. And then also to... Um, you know, like the the Kirby trees, you know, those don't change. You know, like the, yeah, the, a lot all, of the sprites, all the enemies look the same regardless of the course you're in. 
Correct. So I think that if they were doing palette swapping, I think that might have also been a good place to you, 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 rights that are more in line with the theming of that level. But barring that, I would say palette swap the sprites as well, you know, to make them look more ominous or whatever as the, the, the level goes on. I mean, because, again, if we juxtapose it to even Super Mario Brothers, the Super Mario Brothers, right? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we we had, we had said before that in those levels, you know, if if all of them had the same color palettes, like they, they do the palette swapping, but they do it towards the end. So like as things are getting darker and more intense, the palettes are darker and more intense, you know, yeah, and, something like that. And it, it's it's a tricky thing because the enemies like you get powers from the enemies and those powers help you interact with the course and do interesting things or the interact with that given hole and help you do like interesting things. So if you have like the, I don't know, the, like the little broom looks kind of like out of Fantasia. Like if you had the Mm -hmm. broom and the broom just like changed colors, I think on your first playthrough, you would be like, Oh, is this a different broom? Do I get different powers from this broom? Oh, is that a different floaty eye? Do I get different, you know, is that a different super jump guy? Do I get different powers from this different super jump guy? Cause he's different colors. So I understand for the sake of gameplay consistency, why they wouldn't have done that. But at the same time, you would only have to learn that lesson once. So like you might, mm-hmm. you might be annoyed once when you're like, Oh, all of the jumpy guys are the same regardless of their color because it's like their motion or their shape that signifies the power they're going to give me. Well, and now that's, that's really interesting because um, I think that you're right. I I think that that could screw with gameplay. And then this, this leads into mechanics um, a little bit, but so, so we'll we'll cover in mechanics, but I think then the question, the question that would naturally rise is, okay, well you, you can actually make a game more unpredictable, you know, but what you absolutely have to do if you're going to do something like that is lower the cycle time, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and as we will get into in mechanics, the cycle time in this uh, is, well, we'll get into that, but yeah. the, it, it's, it, that's a problem, right? So, so they, they have to be like really, really rigid with the visuals because if any visuals change and it bumps you back, it's going to be, you're going to be pissed, mm-hmm. you know, because it's going to bump you back. <laughs> a not potentially not insubstantial amount of time you know yeah so the i will say as far as like how well the graphics serve the gameplay um kind of teeing off what we're <laughs> kind of teeing off what we're just talking about um the uh the fact that the enemy sprites never change means if you see the super jump guy you know you get super jump power if you, the hole, like the actual hole that Kirby goes into always looks the same. Water always looks the same. Sand traps always look the same. The wall you can bounce off of always looks the same. So while in some ways that consistency is a little boring, it, it there is no confusion, right? <laughs> you always yeah. know this thing does this effect or has this result or I need to avoid it or collide with it in this way like that the second you learn that about something, you now know it for the entire rest of the game. So as as a fairly games literate player, I find the visual consistency a little bit boring. And I think they, you're right. They could have done some clever things to vary that up without ruining the gameplay. But as someone who 
doesn't always want to think and sometimes uses video games as an escape it's nice to just have those like super obvious tokens like you know this enemy this power right this wall this result like just you do not have to think about it so there's I, I would say because Kirby games tend to aim like lower on games literacy, I think they probably made the right choice and that I am not the intended audience for this game. So I, I can forgive them for that choice. Yeah. I, and, and that's the thing is that I, I really think if we, if we talk about it, you know, like the, the, the core aesthetics, right. Is that they were like challenge it's challenge. We're doing challenge, you know, like you are, you are looking to say, okay, you know, they teach you the, the core mechanics of the game and then they say, okay, that, but with this layout, but with this layout, but with this layout, like that's, that's all they're, that's what they're trying to do. And they, and they execute on it well, you know, but it's just kind of like, if you're, if you're doing this also because you really wanted to like, for like the fantasy element to really kind of like lose yourself in this fantasy world, th- this isn't really that. No. If you're looking at it for the, the visuals, for the visual stimulus, this is not that. And then, and they're, and they're not trying to do that, you know? Um, I think that the the problem is that for for me is that you know I was just kind of like okay well because I was playing it more uh, from like a leisure standpoint you know like passively mm-hmm. right because um, I, I especially with like when we play games on this this podcast I'm never going to play it long enough to get really good at it you know <laughs> when, so when I'm not? like oh okay so <laughs> yeah so I like played the first couple of levels I'm like oh, all right you know and so I, I, I worked hard and you know got past it and I was just kind of like all right now what's the next one going to look like oh the same <laughs> let me check something oh they all look the same okay so that's fine so so discovery you know um exploration is not is not also not a core aesthetic they, aesthetic they were going for they were like it's it's challenge dude it's challenge all the way down they they deliver on some other minor ones but realistically they focused on one and that's fine that's i mean if it's done well it's done well you know but although i i will yeah. i will challenge you uh that uh i think like i would show up for the visuals not the visuals in like a grand uh this is not a masterwork but as far as like what you go to kirby for like i want kirby to do an adorable dance in between each course and you better goddamn believe he does right like i I want i I want lots of stars i want lots of pink i want lots of cute like little enemies because they don't move right they're like their sprites are basically just in a constant idle animation (laughs) so like in in that sense i would say the the flavors of this particular meal are not varied when it comes to visuals but they're all of an exceptionally high quality so it's it's because i adore this art style so much i'm i'm willing to say like yeah you know it's vanilla ice cream like it's not there aren't a ton of varied and subtle nuanced flavors but it's really good vanilla ice cream yeah i i actually now that i'm i'm reflecting on a little bit i think that you're you're right in the sense that you could definitely go to this game for the visuals where I where I conflated the two is with fantasy mm-hmm. is that you can't lose yourself in this game. No. You know, no, it, it feels very is, video gamey. Right. And so that <clears throat> that is part of the issue where I, I was attributing it to like the lack of variation in the visuals pulls away from fantasy, but it does not pull away from the visuals themselves those are very good very lovable so yeah no that's that's correct i was conflating those two things because i i really like fantasy in in games you know yeah i um, think we're we're both in, fans of like l- 
forgetting the controllers in your hand. Like I, I, I feel like I complained about this on a recent episode actually, but like we're, that that's <laughs> something we both show up for is like, I don't, I don't really want to remember that I'm playing a video game and in their defense, like battle chess, like um, any, any real physical world game made digital. It's like, they're not trying to make you forget that it's miniature golf, but if you want to forget that you're playing a video game, you're not going to get that. Yeah, and the the one thing that you you touched on, but I did just one because I've got it specifically in my notes, man, is you cannot have a Kirby game without Kirby dancing. No, because a, ga- yeah. a Kirby game without Kirby dancing would not be a Kirby game. I mean, it's like it's, it's no. what is that like tautology? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like because because right when I saw Kirby dancing, I was like. It's 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 like the the episode of the doctor where it's like you don't know what's going to be in your room until you open the door and then you realize it couldn't have been anything else. Like the minute Kirby was dancing, I was like, of of course, of course he dances. Like Kirby dances. It is eighty five degrees outside and Kirby dances. Yeah, no, I'm at any. If we continue to play any other Kirby games, um, I'm going to try and keep a mental tally. Everyone, hold me to this because you know I'm gonna deliver. But um, I would like mm-hmm. to keep a mental tally. Uh, to see if I can continue to get evidence that supports my theory that there's an animator somewhere at like Hal Laboratories who just really wanted to animate Kirby dancing and was like, well, I guess I have to make a whole video game. So I have an excuse to do this <laughs> because it really feels like the, the animator is just so lovingly crafted every one of those little dances. And they're just, they're all different in between every level. Like it's, it's just, it's great. It's just like it was in Kirby's dreamland. See, now I want to find some, like, insane Russian knockoff of Kirby, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, like, like Kerbit or whatever. Yeah, like, and the, like the Chinese, Kirby like the Chinatown, like, bootleg game. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, where it's just kind of like, it, it, it's very clearly Kirby, but it, it resembles, but is legally distinct from. <laughs> so that Kirby is very no-nonsense. He does not dance. He is focused on the objective. He gets it done, and then he goes home and eats dinner and sleeps and wakes up. You know, like that, that is that Kirby, you know, like he lives a very rigid, strict lifestyle. Like I, I, I kind of, a part of me wants to, wants to go. <laughs> yeah, you want to go far this? Mon- well, no, worse. A part of me wants to go all Count of Monte Cristo, disappear <laughs> for five years, learn how to make video games and make this and then ship it. But you need to have like a reason for that revenge. Like don't, don't just put a danceless Kirby into the world. Like, don't be the Joker. Like, don't <laughs> don't just want to watch the world burn where some poor child who played, like, one of the early Kirby games is like, oh, my God, a Kirby game I've never played before. And then they beat the first boss. And they're like, where, where is the dancing? Why is there? N- Mommy, why is there no dancing? <laughs> it just goes to, you know, the, the you've won. And Kirby just stares <laughs> vacant-eyed at the screen. <laughs> And it just cuts to the next level. Yeah. Just and and in between each level, he's a little bit closer to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would do that if if like and and each so then if you did that, each Kirby game would have to be shift shipped with a miniature plushy Kirby <laughs> that you immediately take out but forget that you have, you know? Yes. <laughs> he gets closer, 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 and then in the final one he's just gone. You know? <laughs> just like a cursed object. It's like the ring. We have gotten way off off base here. Yeah. Do you have anything else for visuals? Uh, nah. I think we can talk about the audio. So, um, basically for the audio, I I just have that. Um, 
with my normal r- razor sharp focus and wit on mm. on the the, the audio. Mm. Yes, uh, please, please deliver, it, Maestro. <laughs> it's um, it's just well. First of all, the music is is just it's delightful. It just is. You know, I mean, it's it's exactly what I would is on theme with a Kirby game. You know. It's on brand. It is, yes. <laughs> they the the brand identity people kept everything nice in between the lines. Yeah, absolutely. And the the sound effects are are very satisfying, you know. And and one of the things it does that kind of links the um, visuals and the sound effects together, I think, very well. It's like when Kirby hits an object, it makes that sound effect, but it pauses for a brief second like right as the sound effect like goes you know mm. which makes it really feel like you're hitting something you know and it that star pops out and you're like yeah i got it you know like it feels like you're like man i nailed that thing you know as opposed to like if you just kind of rolled over it and it just kind of disappeared sound effectless you'd be like oh this is this isn't as enjoyable yeah and i didn't notice that pause but the second you described it i was like yup like Mm -hmm. because because you (laughs) feel it right like it's it's not a sound effect for no reason like any good music or score or sound effects in a game like it has an intended function in the game and even though i did not specifically pick up on it once i knew that that was a thing i was like i have felt that feeling you just described yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and i think actually now that i'm reflecting on it i think that that was in part why i was disappointed with the the lack of variation in the visuals because those things the game feel really does pull you in you know mm-hmm. like you know when you hit kirby it feels really good because it makes like that thwack sound and there's that pause and then he goes spinning flying through the air and he hits something else it does that brief pause and it makes this amazing sound effect and a star is flying out and you're like yes i'm in it oh it's all the same yeah but you know like so it's 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 weird it's it's a weird thing to complain about you know to say like I thought that you were trying to deliver on a core aesthetic you weren't because you did so well in these other <laughs> categories. You know? Yeah. It's 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 the equivalent it's the video game equivalent of the straight A student who gets harangued for getting B's when the straight C student gets applauded for it. Yes. Yeah, and and, and I think again, presuming that the audience for this is of a lower games literacy, that that kind of thing, like the the simplistic consistency would be very attractive to someone with a lower games literacy because that's just less information they have to juggle to like, oh, now I have to figure out a more complicated course. Oh, all the visuals are different. Oh, crap. I don't know what's going on now. Right. Like they so there's a, a consistency there that I think is really good for that audience if i am correct that that's the audience they're after and they actually do the same thing with the music that they do with the grid the grid only changes color every course not every hole the music also changes every course not every hole but the music is more of a character in the show like i i was way more aware like when the the tiles change you notice it on the very first hole in that course and you're like oh okay, it's a different color now. And then you kind of stop caring. But when the music changed, it's like, oh, I love this song. And then every new hole, you're like, hey, it's that song I still like. Or like, oh, this is the music for the the course that I really suck at. Like, so I kind of hate this music because it reminds me of this course. Like there's, it just had more of an impact on me than the very slightly varied visuals because 
that's I feel like they're intending for that to feel samey, whereas the music, they don't have to do that. The music can be 100% different every single course because why not? Like, it doesn't impact yeah. gameplay at all. It, I mean, it impacts the player and your emotions and blah, but like it doesn't actually change the <laughs> way Kirby like behaves in the universe or how you perceive the universe in terms of like, I need to hit over here. This enemy will give me that power when I collide with them, right? So it's it's safer to be more adventurous with the music. And I think they, they acted on that. The music is a lot different from course to course and, and that's enjoyable. Like I'm glad they did that. Yes. And again, I think part of, again, part of the reason why I was like, yeah, I'm going to get lost in this game. And then, you know, kind of, cause again, you know, the music's very, very good. I, I do feel, and this isn't, this isn't a negative thing. I think that it's something, it's kind of like the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of a thing, (laughs) which is that the, the in-between, you know, uh, in-between each stage, like where it's counting up your score and all that. Yeah. Fun stuff. Um, If you blindfolded me and played that music and the music between stages in Mario Kart, gun to my head, I'm not sure I'd be able to tell you the difference. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna take myself a little note here <laughs> <laughs> it says make sure those aren't actually the same well it's the the re okay so here is what you have just incepted into me which is like it's problematic that the human brain works in the way i'm about to describe because this is not a power that human beings should have over one another i played the original mario kart and you do mean the original one right super nintendo one okay. yeah I, yeah, super I played that game. I mean, the, the phrase an alarming amount is thrown around all too easily when you're talking about <laughs> children and their video boxes. But I played that game a lot, a lot, a lot, George. I have a crystal clear memory of what that music sounded like. And now I have no memories <laughs> of what the music in Kirby's Dream Course sounded like in between levels, even though, or in between courses, even though I was playing it as recently as a few hours ago. Yep. So I'm yeah, no, that 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 other thing is obliterated now. Your brain said these two things are probably the same, and just shoved the other one in. It's um, it's kind of like the uh, some of those wild things with the like Gestalt, like the mm-hmm. extra credits recently did thing on, where it's just kind of like when you say, like, "Oh yeah, your brain if it sees two things symmetrically coming towards you, it naturally seems like well, those must be the same two things." And it's yeah. like that's not true, <laughs> not even a little but, bit. But your brain says, no, that's those two things are the same. You know, it's like, I, I appreciate the brain that you occasionally make mental leaps that are required for me to function in the world. But sometimes the mental leaps that you make are unconscionably poor. But yeah, no, I mean, like I said, it's it's very kind of, you know, elevator catchy music, you yeah, know, which is how and, I would uh, describe the Mario Kart music. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, honest <laughs> to God, like if somebody said like you, you, your life depends on you being able to distinguish these two things go, I'd be like. Can can I just play Russian roulette instead? My odds are better. Pull pull the trigger. Pull it. Pull it. <laughs> Darn. Because then I've got a one in six chance of losing versus the other one where it's honestly got 50 50. It's coin flip. Yeah. Oh, you know? man. I'm going to. This is one of those rare things I'm actually going to go look into because my brain is just like, <laughs> like wringing its hands and like looking about nervously like, no, 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 they have to be different. You, you'd have noticed before now if they were the same. And I swear to God, if. <laughs> If I start that game and it's the exact same music, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> it's I know what it is. It's um, 
it's totally uh the the, the that comic where it's just you know somebody's like hey uh you, you know that super mario kart and kirby have the same music and then it just smash cuts you like drinking and like <laughs> staring into the abyss you know it's like that's it's your brain your brain's yeah. like no this can't be true. yeah yeah i'm not but, i'm not prepared to live in that world i mean i presume i will find a way through drugs and alcohol to like continue to live in that world but i'm not prepared for it your father yeah yeah no it's fine <laughs> it's fine dude don't yeah. don't drag them into this they can get their own drugs and alcohol <laughs> 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 so I uh, do need to mention about the sound effects specifically because you 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 summed it up in that like they're good like they're good satisfying Kirby universe sound effects. So they are so on brand that I actually had a moment where I was like, "Ooh, did they just literally take the sound effects from the other Super Nintendo Kirby game, Kirby's Dream Land 17 or whatever and just port them into this because that seems like a reasonable thing. Like they would have had to make some new sound effects, but a lot of them, I bet they could have just stolen wholesale, but no, they didn't do that because how laboratories are not suckers. They absolutely, I think it's actually how labs, but they are not suckers. They reconstituted from whole cloth, new Kirby sound effects that feel exactly like Kirby sound effects, but are actually rewritten for this game. So, if you take like the original Game Boy game, obviously the fidelity of the sounds is way lower, but you can tell like, oh, that star noise and this star noise, like you can trace the lineage between them. And they could have just lazily pulled the sound files right out of the other Kirby game they'd already made, but they didn't do that because there must be something they wanted to tweak. They wanted to make them more spectacular because you hear them less often or less spectacular because you hear them more often. They they wanted to make some change that prevented them from just reusing what they had already made. And I, I, I have like tremendous respect for that, that they were like, no, no, we need to make the star noise that happens in Kirby's dream course. This isn't Kirby's dreamland three for the super Nintendo. We're not going to just, what are we going to just like steal things like from our own? No, 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 that's not what this is. Like this is its own game. It gets its own music. It gets its own art assets. And by God, it gets its own sound effects. And that's just like when I had the games like side by side or, you know, I played them like one after the other. I was just like, good on you. Like good for you for not being lazy. Yeah. Well, and, and also too, I'm sure that what, what I would like to believe happened because, you know, I'm also a fan of, you know, like it, again, if it, if it's, there's there's no point in doing unnecessary rework but that being said is that you know like they brought it over and they're like no this doesn't feel right you know like this this star noise feels satisfying when it's the the resultant of you spitting an enemy at another enemy and it makes that you know specific sound whatever that is right it's like that feels right but now when we're inserting it here it feels off so let's let's tweak it so that way it feels right you know and and obviously it paid off because the game has really really good game feel yeah and and this is i will use this as evidence for my earlier bet hedging like oh they probably did this for this reason because the level of polish throughout the game in terms of just raw quality of the project makes me think when something does seem amiss it's like oh well they probably did that for a specific reason I may disagree with the reason I may not like the end result, but nothing in this game or probably any Kirby game ever made feels thoughtless. And 
I have a very different feeling toward someone who creates a thing that I disagree with the thing or I, it's just not for me and I don't like it versus someone who just seems to have acted thoughtlessly. Well, and, and to, to expound on that, uh, <laughs> well beyond video games. Uh, no, I think that, that we culturally generally appreciate a thing done well, regardless of it's, you know, where it lands even morally on like a scale of, you know, exalted to repugnant, you know, if somebody does something well, it, it, you, you'll like, we respect it, even though we think that it's awful. Like for example, um, you know, like a lawyer who clearly flouts the intention of the law, however, is able to, you know, like follow the letter of the law to the degree to where like they win a thing, you know, like they win a case or whatever, like we're like, that's awful and it shouldn't work that way, but they're playing the game well. well this is you know? this is Ollivander in uh Harry Potter when Harry and Hermione and Ron go to confront him and he's like, you know, oh yes, the wand, you know, given to Voldemort. You know, he did great things with that wand, terrible things, but great. But great. <laughs> right? And it exactly and, and I agree with you that that is a sentiment people should be capable of i disagree with you that most people are capable of that sentiment because <laughs> when you're talking specifically about things where the stakes should be low like popular culture movies music books television people regularly conflate their enjoyment of a thing with the quality of the thing and if they enjoy mm. it it's a very high quality if they don't enjoy it it's a very low quality and that's where that's the basic fundamentals of like every single nerd argument right is like, I really like this thing, therefore it's good, therefore you should like it because you claim to like good things, right? And that's every argument you've ever had with someone I'm not going to name, but you know who I mean, right? Like, you've had this discussion with someone, and I would say on the whole, I don't know, maybe, certainly not everyone, I, I, I'm i not going to speculate on percentages, but not everyone is capable of separating quality from, like, their enjoyment or in, in a broader sense, like the overall morality of a thing. Um, we, we, we all aspire to be Ollivander, but we are not all Ollivander. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. And, and with that uh, mechanics. Yeah. And I do want to specifically call out the controls because sometimes these things get lumped together and I'm usually fine with that. Uh, but I want to specifically call out that uh, there are two things in the controls that I really appreciated uh, once I dealt with the second one. So the first one is um, in between every course, you see like a little animation of Kirby hitting some enemies, getting some powers, sometimes using those powers, but it's not just a fun, adorable animation. It is giving you information you must have to have any chance at performing well on your first pass through that hole. So like, or that course. So you obviously can learn through trial and error, but you are given some upfront information about like this enemy gives you this power and here's what it looks like when Kirby uses it. it and like the, the one that jumps to the front of my mind is the, like the electric slime thing that mm -hmm. looks like the friggin' slime from dragon quest um, or dragon warrior. So when you get that power, you can go through the trees, like the, the big Kirby trees. You actually explode them. So, mm -hmm. uh, But when the 
power is not there, you bounce off the tree like you would normally expect to do. And they actually show that happen. So he gets the power and he uses it and he blows up the first tree and then it wears off, even though that actually doesn't happen. But just to remind you, like, no, then when you bump into a tree, like you're going to just bump off of it like Kirby normally does. So like there's a lot of like, here's how this power works. Here's what this looks like. Here's how this thing kind of functions in the game universe. And it's it's really thoughtful. It's kind of like that first like opening demo of Super Mario Brothers, but in between every course right there like here's a little bit more information about the the new things we're gonna throw at you uh the thing with the controls that i hated at first just because it took me so long to wrap my mind around it but then once i got it i was like okay this is fine um left and right are kirby's left and right not your left and right so if kirby is Hmm. facing you and you want to like hook your shot to the left it's left on the controller but it's like it's it's like back. I'm doing a piss poor job of explaining this, but like my brain was like, oh, I need to hold right to make this thing happen. But it's like no, because that's Kirby's left, and you want Kirby to go left. You want him to move to your right, which is his left. And it took me way longer to wrap my mind around that than I care <laughs> to admit. But then once I got it, like once I really had my teeth sunk into it, I was like, okay. He is an entity and it makes sense because he's the one moving through space. I am not hitting him. Like it's not from my point of view, it's from his point of view. Like once I Mm. internalized that, I was like, okay, this is fine. But for the first probably hour or so that I was playing, I was just like clawing my eyes out. Like why, why are the controls backwards sometimes? And then I was kind of like, okay, wait, no, it's always, always from his point of view. Okay. Okay. Okay, I could do this. Could well, do and this. actually, interestingly, I didn't, I didn't internalize it that way at all. I was just like, yeah, left is counterclockwise, right is clockwise. Duh. You know? <laughs> yeah, just show up and make me look like an ass. <laughs> it's kind of like the brain did. Like, yeah, left, left, counterclockwise, right, clockwise. Makes sense, right? But yep. yeah, that, that was, that, that didn't really bother me too much. Um, for for mechanics uh, and 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 whatnot, I'm just going to come out swinging. Um, this game has an irredeemable cycle time. Like, yeah, it well not not completely irredeemable. They did something to curtail it, but there's 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 an okay. So <laughs> let's just let's just let's just get into this. So, so okay. So what 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 did they do right? Okay. So what they did do was they if you run out of lives, right, then you don't get kicked. There's no game over. You can continue forever which is great. Yes, automatic win. Yeah, exactly. Because that means that no matter how bad you screw up, you are not going to get kicked back to the beginning of the game as long as you you keep it going, right? Um, What they will do is kick you back to the beginning of the course, right? right? And I so think what each course has is... eight holes. So that's, that's potentially pretty far. Yeah, no, that's probably, I would say, arguably up to 20 minutes. You know, sure. if you were on like course eight. Um, so that's that's a substantial amount of time. Right. Um, and then the 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 issue is because there's that much time and it's it's based on like, uh, you know, continuous loss. Right. Is that if I lose three tomatoes on cor- on whole three. Right. Like if I just like suddenly like lose lose a life, you know then I could be I, I a number of times I was looking at it like, well, hell, you know, I might as well just suicide myself out because the chances of me getting 
all the way through it what when having performed so poorly this early is very very low you know so i don't want to get to like hole seven and now have lost 18 minutes of time i might as well have just lost the seven minutes staunch the bleeding and try again yeah you know and so that that causes an issue in that sense that there, there's a mechanic that they do with the the fact that you the way they quantize tomatoes is interesting and i kind of want to put a pin in that because that <laughs> that also causes some some interesting back and forth but it's not bad necessarily in my mind but the penalties for some of the mistakes that you can make are staggering <laughs> when coupled with the 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 long cycle time for example if you hit it off the course you lose a whole life yes. you know so that's that's brutal you know, if like you make a mistake, like, cause it's, again, it's one mistake, right? So I've, you know, gone, you know, 10 minutes through, through the game, right? I'm on hole five, you know, and I make that one mistake where I accidentally press the button. And again, because it's, it's precisely timed where I like shoot the gun and, uh, or, or jump the gun and like hit it. So that way I like wail on Kirby as opposed to just like putting him a little bit or get the angle wrong or whatever. And I knock him off the level I'm now down 50% of my possible maximum strokes, yes. you know? So again, now, now because of that, I am faced with a very strong decision, which is do I some cost fallacy? Do I continue to throw money at this? Like what is now my percent chance of winning, you know, or do I just kick myself off the side of the, you know, lose the 10 minutes, kick myself off the side of the mountain again and try again, or try to keep going because i've already got the 10 minutes in it well and you know and there's a a controls mechanics choice they made that i vehemently disagree with this is this is the one thing in the game that i cannot come up with a an excuse for i don't think it's appropriate to say like oh well it was 1994 no this this is a flat out <laughs> bad decision which is once you enter the power curve, like how hard do you want to hit Kirby? You must hit Kirby yes. because inaction makes you just do the minimum hit because it goes all, you know, the bar goes all the way up and then it comes all mm -hmm. the way down. And I tested this because I was like, oh crap, I didn't mean to do that. And I just let it go all the way up and then all the way back down. And then you just do the smallest possible hit, which means you essentially just waste a stroke. And yes. I find that to be an unacceptable mechanical decision because it makes no damn sense. Like right. you don't have to give me a cancel button necessarily, but at least if the power goes all the way back down, like literally to zero, like, and I've touched no buttons. I've not interacted with the controller in any way. Assume either. Yes. Let it go up and down repeatedly and give me another crack at getting it where I wanted, or just dump me back out and let me like re-aim or retarget or whatever. Like I would tremendously prefer, I want it to just go up and down repeatedly with a cancel button, but it, it at least don't penalize me. Like if I accidentally decide like, Oh, I'm going to take a swing. Oh no way. Maybe I should aim a little over there. It's like, Nope, you're committed now. And that yep. seems like in real miniature golf or golf, that's the last moment you're not committed, right? That's the, <laughs> that when you have the club, you know, behind you and you're going to crack this thing as hard as you can until you crack that thing as hard as you can, you cannot crack that thing at all. And it's just incredibly right. insane to me that they would explicitly be like, nah, nah, 
once you lift the cu- the club away from the ground, you are going to hit Kirby. Like you're just you're doing it. You're gonna hit him really gently, or you're gonna hit him harder than that. But you are hitting him. And I I was just like, why? Why would they have done this? Like that's not a dated mechanic. That's not a a a like an intentional design choice. Like it it honestly feels like they coded the engine that way, and then just nobody thought about it. <laughs> it's kind of almost feel like a thoughtless it, it's like the one thoughtless thing in the entire game like it is the one thing that i'm like what idiot shipped this like no one accidentally took a swing and was like hey is there a cancel button or like oh hey if i just do nothing shouldn't nothing happen and they're like nah we're gonna just make something happen yeah and and i mean that's the thing because the first time that i got whammied by this mechanic was you know i i like got kirby all set up and i was like do a thing and teddy was sitting in my lap and he said you know dada and i was like what and then all of a sudden i looked back <laughs> up and i popped kirby and i was like oh oh god like you you kind of for a game that that seems kind of like you know fun and you know enjoyable and again low games literacy if they're if they're targeting it at low games literacy right the chances of somebody with a low games literacy missing that during that one crucial moment is incredibly high and so if we are making the argument that Kirby games and, and I do believe Kirby games in general are you know focus on people with a low games literacy oh, yeah. then why did they make you know the the cycle time as long as it did and the punishments as heavy as they are you know because like if if I make a mistake you would expect more mistakes and for the game to be more forgiving I mean Kirby the Kirby is very forgiving with its you know can lies and continues and all that sort of stuff you know because if I remember correctly, Kirby's Dreamland for the Game Boy, you know, you um, if you run out of every life that you lose, puts you to the beginning of the stage. And then if you continue, it brings you back to the beginning of the level, mm-hmm. you know. So this kind of has a similar feel in that, you know, like losing all of your lives brings you back to the beginning of the level. And you know what? Maybe that's where it came from is because that is similar to the way Kirby's Dreamland is done, but I don't feel that it's appropriate in this forum because of what it does to the cycle time. Because if you're kicked back to the beginning of the stage at a conti- or at the level at a continue, you may be lost about, you know, five minutes. And you had to have lost... You had to have... I think that the way to look at it is not as necessarily as far as cycle time, which is, is longer, but in numbers of mistakes you can make. Right. You know? Yeah, before the punishment comes down. <laughs> Exactly. Like, how bad can you be performing before they say, no, you know what, go back and try this again, you know, because that's the thing is that on course two, course two, level one, I was awesome at, you know, (laughs) and course two, level two, I was awful at and specifically course two, level two. Now, I admit that I I was screwing up the I I was making mistakes for sure. Like, no, hands down that that's on me. But course two has a very intense downward slope, right? So, and and please correct me if I missed something, but I definitely missed it repeatedly, if so. Which is, I missed the first guy at the top of the hill. I'm, you're screwed, uh, pretty I, much. I can picture the the hole you're talking about, and I think there are a couple of holes that are like, you don't have to do it in one, but you there are certain mistakes you cannot make. Because the, the hill is long enough and steep enough that there's no way for you to climb back to the top. and Exactly. Or you could potentially, like I was looking at, I'm like, I could potentially climb this hill, but it's going to take me like five more strokes. 
which again it's right. it's course two hole two yeah. not going to do that i'm going to and then and then that in and of itself was problematic because in that particular course this is just a good exemplar of it right like it bounds the course so you can't even knock yourself off the course with any e <laughs> so what that what that means then is you have to like physically reset the game right you know because otherwise you have to like literally just i mean the animations are very very good but they're not short you know yeah. so if i wanted to just blow through eight strokes it would take like a solid two minutes you know so so, so i was just kind of like this I, is the thing that we were kind of like tap dancing right around and i want to make sure we talk about it specifically because the cycle time in this i i did not think of this on my own but i think you are correct that they were like oh we'll just make it mirror the cycle time in like a kirby platformer like you die you get to stay on the hole you're on you continue you go to the beginning of the course right and it's it's very platformer like in its overall like game loop what i disagree with just because i find it obnoxious not because i think they made the wrong decision or like following the letter of the law is you cannot restart a hole. You can pause mm -hmm. the game and restart the course or go back to the course, like select menu, but you can't restart an individual hole. And the reason is because then you could cheat. You could just keep restarting a hole until you figured out how to get a hole in one on it. And I'm going to be bold and say, yes, let me do that. Just let me do that. Like if I want to replay this hole over and over and over, just let me do that. Like, and and the only reason I would say I I get why they probably didn't do that is because you would totally cheat your score, right? You could just keep playing a hole until you happen to luck out and get a hole in one. And they don't want you to do that because they want your scorecard to have meaning. And here is the best I was able to come up with on short notice for how I would work around this. Instead of doing like the Barry Bonds asterisk on the home run records thing, I would say this is their score, but if they played the entire course without restarting any holes, you get like a gold star next to the score, or you get like a, a little trophy or a little check mark or a little, you know, one pass or some signifier so that if you and I are siblings or we're friends or whatever, and I want to show off my Kirby's Dream Course score, I can prove to you through the thing the game shows, no, no, I really got this score on a single playthrough of each course. I got, you know, a, a 12 stroke on this course. I got a whatever on this and so on like that because this little icon indicates that I didn't restart any holes. So then I could say like, oh, I got a hole in one on every course, but some of the holes I had to play 57 times. Like that's, and it doesn't have to keep track. It doesn't have to display how many times you replayed it, but there's people who played the course all the way through without restarting any holes. And there's people who restarted at least one hole one time and you don't get the little star or the signifier or whatever. And that would make the game way more accessible to people who are like, oh crap, I made a small mistake. Well, I'm not willing to invest another 25 minutes in this, so I guess I'm just done playing for today. Yeah, I guess I'm just done. Um, so, so I definitely think that that's that's a a good, interesting way to attack it, especially because of the mechanics that video games afford. You know, players. Um, I think that, that if, from from my point of view, I think there may be a, a a different solution to it, which is just just do what they do in golf, which is just keep score there doesn't need to be lives at all 
right? Well, yeah. Just keep I mean, yeah, if you want to <laughs> just delve into the realm of utter madness. <laughs> I mean, you know, just insanity. With the, but that's what I mean, like, like in all honesty, like I would have enjoyed the game a lot more if there weren't lives at all. It just, you know, kept track of my score because then I could be like, oh, yeah, you know, the first time I played this course, it, it took me like 30 strokes. So and I mean, like, and I personally am the type of gamer to like once it, like I get into the groove, go back and replay and be like, oh, yeah. So the first time and you like even if it's at like best score, like this is the best you've ever done on this course you know i mean just like in real golf i mean in real golf if i accidentally hit the golf ball off the course you don't shoot me in the foot you know oh oh god i i have an apology oh, note i have to go write someone <laughs> I, I i have i have to go uh i have to go leave the country I, you, <laughs> so there there uh there's an interesting thing you just made me realize which is uh my solution was keep things as much the way they are as possible and make the smallest possible tweak to accommodate this alternate and I think should be supported playstyle. And your argument was the entire system is flawed and you could fix it by literally using the rules of golf, which already exist. And, <laughs> and I think it's interesting because both of those would actually directly, the end result would be really similar, right? I mean, the, the scorekeeping would end up being totally different, but the end result of you don't have as long of a cycle time, you can replay a hole if you want to, like those objectives, which I think are reasonable objectives for a video game. Let me do this thing as many times as I want to is I, I think yeah. those it's interesting to like attack those from such kind of polar opposite sides um but since you mentioned the fact that you can't just keep swinging away forever the tomato system it's like they were aware that it's giving you four strokes was like kind of limiting and every time you come into contact with an enemy you get a tomato back so if you if there's four enemies on screen and you kill each of them with a single stroke when you have no enemies left you now have your full tomatoes right because you've you've replenished each stroke you took to kill that enemy or cross that obstacle or whatever. Um, but you can't go over four. So yep. they took a system yep, exactly. where it's like, oh, in, in real golf, actually, I think miniature golf may have a stroke limit. So that might actually be on point. I'm not sure. But in, in real golf, there is no stroke limit that I'm aware of. And you can just keep hacking away forever if you want to. Uh, actually, you know what? I think if you are playing a ranked match, a double bogey is where you have to stop. But if you're just out shooting crap with your friends, like you could just keep swinging until your arms fall off. And the fact that they <laughs> didn't go in that direction or give you like a ludicrous number of strokes before they're like, okay, mercy rule, you're done here. Um, and they don't let you collect more tomatoes than your starting number of tomatoes is like a weird, they, they chose for reasons I disagree with, but what seems like very intentional reasons to keep you in that box. You get this number of tries and you cannot get more because if you are on a, a, a hole that has like 10 enemies and you kill nine of them in a single stroke, you don't now have 14 available strokes, right? You, you have four but so it's, right. it's almost like all those tomatoes are like kind of wasted in a way. Like they're not because you're trying to get to the objective in as few strokes as possible, but it's like, you can't, 
then explore and screw around and try stupid things because you still only have those four strokes. So like they're, they're really encouraging you to play the game they designed and not necessarily the game you want to play. Well, yes. And two things on that. One is that that I didn't care for that mechanic just because again, my, you have to play consistently well, you know, you cannot play like your standard deviation for your play has to be pretty tight. Right. You know, because you can't play really, really well on one hole and then really poorly on another and have it come out in the wash. You know, like if you play poorly to the point where you lose a life, then you're boned, you know, like especially, you know, I remember on uh, one of the courses, like I got, you know, almost a hole in one, but I managed to hit like three enemies in one shot, you know. And so two of those tomatoes just were wasted. And then the next hole, I, you know, also would have been up an additional two tomatoes. And then the following hole, I was down three tomatoes. So then it's like, now I'm on basically the equivalent of death's door, even though like I just, I screwed up basically once. And then it took me two additional tries to undo that screw. Which I I should mention now that I've heard you uh, say it back to me is a feature of the rules of golf that's called being under par. Right? Like if you if if the if yeah. the hole is like a par 6 or that's way too much. If it's like a par 4 and you sink it in 2, right. you are now two under par, which means to stay on okay. par, you now have two additional strokes on the subsequent holes. So like yeah, it. I'm. I don't know the rules of golf or miniature golf or just like sport game theory in general well enough to say like, oh, they changed this core rule in golf, but for this specific reason, like this is what they bought with their money, because it just seems like a pointless change. Like they they simplified it and then. They were like, oh, you only get four strokes, but then they overcomplicated it by adding in the live system and the continue system, which probably was like a like a Kirby holdover, which actually I think is really strong evidence for your theory that like he is actually trapped like in this this world <laughs> because like why does he have lives? Oh, because it's not it's not Kirby miniature it's not Kirby themed miniature golf. It's actually Kirby. And if you actually continue to club him to death, he dies. <laughs> Um, I did have one other thing, one final thing on the, the mechanics, and that's around the, the tomato things, which I think that you you hit the nail on the head which, with, which is that because of the way they have it set up, it devastates exploration. Oh, right? totally. You can't, you can't explore, no. you know, like you can't, you know, like, like there's the, you know, hitting the, there's like the chipping stroke and then like the actual stroke, you know, yeah. two different ways. Yeah, the, can, the, the putt and the drive. Right. So, um, so, you know, like the, the drive, I was just kind of like, huh, that's really interesting. So I wonder like what happens when I hit it low versus hitting it high versus doing this. Like, I'm wondering like, Ooh, how, how does this feel? And couldn't test any of that. Just had to do my best every time because I didn't want to get, you know, kicked back to the beginning. So I really feel for a, again, uh, potentially low games, liter- low games, literacy game. I, I just really felt that, you know, it was an odd choice to, make it so strict with um with what you were able to like explore and accomplish you know so and, and so when, that was definitely an oddity yeah when you when you fight king at the end you like you can die because you can die right so you actually you need to hit him within a certain number of strokes or you like you die and like if he comes into contact with you 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 die and i, I kind of wonder if 
did they add King DDD on at the end because they were like, well, we basically have all of the core game mechanics we would need for like a combat encounter like you would normally see in a platformer. Or did they did someone say like, oh, we're going to make him fight King DDD at the end. And somebody else was like, how will that work? There's no live system. Like, so you just wail on him until he's done. And then they were like, well, I really want this boss fight. So rewrite all of the rules of golf to accommodate this single really boring encounter that comes at the very end of the game. Like I, I do kind of wonder, like, did they design this knowing, okay, at the end, we're going to have this like one boss fight because this isn't Kirby themed miniature golf. It's actually Kirby. And so he has to defeat King Dedede or did they want to have the boss fight? And then they were like, well, we need mechanics that would make this make any damn sense. And I can tell you, cause I did beat the game. I know you said you didn't like, Last boss fight is not satisfying or interesting at all. Like if it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't present and the rest of the game just had the basic rules of golf where you could just be 800 over par and just continue to shoot the, you know, Kirby directly off the course on purpose because you don't give a crap. Like I think that would be a slightly better game or at least, at least I would find it to be a slightly better game, like giving up the boss fight and also giving up the combat mechanics of like lives and continues would be a welcome change. Maybe the only welcome change. So with all that said, you ready to ask the question? Yeah. I, okay. So I always have a hard time uh, doing, did it hold up so close to me bitching a lot? <laughs> because <laughs> I, and I feel like I, I said this a couple times, but just to uh, hedge my bets again, there are mechanical decisions in this game I do not find fun. And I think are, I could argue a case, and we just spent 90 minutes arguing a case are wrong, like they're bad choices, but they're all pretty thoughtful choices. They, it seems like there was a lot of playtesting and difficulty balancing, and they just decided on a cycle time that you and I find unacceptable, right? It's not a broken cycle time. It is a cycle time that we find to be unacceptably long. And I think I could make an argument for it being broken, and I think we just spent a lot of time making an argument for it being <laughs> a broken cycle time, but... I don't think they ended up with this super long cycle time by accident. I think they said, this is the cycle time we want. These are the mechanics that will lead to this cycle time existing in our game. And I don't like that. I think it certainly is not appropriate for someone who only has like a modern concept of games and is not interested in learning about classic games. But even so, I still really don't think you need nostalgia goggles for this. I really think you could sit down and play this game and just say, these are the rules. These are the rules that you are going to hate. These are the rules that you're going to enjoy and benefit from. And if you are willing to play a game that has those rules, this is that, right? So I, I like, even though we just did all of that very, very justified bitching. I honestly do not think you need nostalgic goggles for this. I think you could give this to someone who never played it, someone who's young or who has like a low games literacy and be like, hey, it's Kirby Golf. Um, yeah, I think that for me personally, I, I give this a nostalgia monocle. Like, I don't think that you need the full on nostalgia goggles. Like, it's just kind of like, nah, man, you don't don't replay this game. It's it's if let it let it stay pristine in your memory. <laughs> And, uh, and and do not tarnish that. But at the same point in time, and, and like I said, like the visuals were amazing. The game has amazingly satisfying game feel. And what what of it I played 
I enjoyed. I just hit a a a, a skill wall, basically. You hit a time wall to like skill acquisition, right? Like if you had no mm-hmm. job and no wife and no children and were willing to just sink unlimited time into this, this game is not so hard that you could not have acquired the skill necessary to progress to the end in a reasonable amount of time. The problem is because the cycle time is so long and because your life exists, like you you can't dedicate the the time required to get over that skill hump and i i feel like that's an important distinction just in that this game is not hard it's just that it's slow skill acquisition comes very slowly it does it does i think in all honesty the main reason that i i feel to give it a nostalgia monocle is because literally at one point i was playing the game and i made a you know like i made a mistake you know and then again basically hard reset it tried again got to the same place made not that exact same mistake but you know a different mistake that had the same outcome (laughs) and i i I put it down and just stopped playing you know and i would not have picked it back up if uh if it wasn't for this podcast where i was like okay no i need to like research this you know so i mean like like was it fun yeah absolutely um that's why i'm I'm thinking a a nostalgia monocle especially in all honesty when you when you compare it to the kirby franchise you know like and and this game is very unique. It's very interesting. I would definitely recommend it to anybody who's looking to get into game development because it does have some very good to dos and, <laughs> in my opinion, not to do. Yeah. You know, like so. You know, I would definitely recommend it from that standpoint. Um, but but for me personally, when compared to the entire Kirby franchise, it just wasn't up to par. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the end of a smile 